Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 493rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week, also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. So welcome again to October Sports, arguably, uh, along with April, the best sports month of the year. And it is delivering in a big way uh, on the heels of one of the best sports weekends you could ask for. Uh, particularly on Saturday, uh, with baseball playoffs underway, college and NFL football, and the beginnings of both hockey, NHL, and the NBA gets going tomorrow night, I think. So, a lot going on, all four sports uh, going, and it doesn't happen again. It's really here here in April, generally speaking, October and April, and... Uh, and again, October is delivering, which leads right into my highlight of the week, which is the baseball playoffs. And in particular, the spectacular San Diego crowd who helped the Padres finally slay the dragon by beating the 111-win L.A. Dodgers. That's a historic number. And it reminds me so much of 2004 up in Boston, uh, where I've lived for many years. And... The inferiority complex, the little brother, big brother thing is what reminds me of it so much. Uh, by that, I mean Boston uh, in the shadow of New York and San Diego in the shadow of Los Angeles. And then you add up, add in the Yankees domination through the years, uh, the curse as we know it, uh, the curse of Babe Ruth. Uh, the domination by the Yankees over the Red Sox, uh, as Pedro Martinez often has said or famously said, uh, they're my daddy. And same deal in San Diego. Uh, I think the Dodgers beat them something like 15 out of 20 games this year or thereabouts. So they dominated them all year. They've dominated them four years. And they finally uh, got that monkey off their back. And uh, that crowd reminded me so much, again, of 2004. I had the good fortune to attend Game 5 of the ALCS, uh, which was the famous, at the time the longest game in the history of baseball. Uh, we all remember it. I always remember going out the door saying I'd be, it was a 5 p.m. start Eastern time on, I believe, a Monday afternoon, and I always remember walking out the door and saying I should be home by 9 o'clock. I got home at 2 in the morning. Uh, the game went 15, 14 innings. Uh, David Ortiz, that's really when the legend of Big Poppy got going uh, in a big way, where he hit a home run in the 8th to, uh, I believe, tie it, and then uh, he singled home Johnny Damon in the 14th to win it, walk-off win, and, of course, they were down 3-1. to one. They had won the previous night, that Sunday night, with Dave Roberts' famous steal uh, of second base. And uh, then in Game 5, uh, what I always remember with that, well, just like San Diego on Saturday night and Sunday night, or excuse me, Friday and Saturday night, uh, nobody 
in the park, whether it was Fenway or Petco, sat for even one second, just a constant roar, which it was. But that Game 5, ALCS 2004, was when, of course, uh, Tim Wakefield was brought in, the famous knuckleballer, and he did not have his normal knuckleball catcher, Doug Mirabelli. So we had Jason Baratek, terrific player, but not uh, experienced at catching knuckleballs. So there was passed balls in A-Rod, I remember, went from first to third on two successive passed balls, and it looked like it was all going to unravel. But, of course, it didn't. And uh, so it was just so much fun to watch San Diego Padres from Petco over the weekend. The crowd was just literally off the charts, uh, to put it mildly. And, uh, and just so happy when they finally won. Josh Hader closed out both games. He, he's practically unhittable. Um, but by no means is that to take away from the other spectacular crowd. Uh, that would be the Philadelphia Phillies crowd. Uh, again, Friday and Saturday. Um, again, off the charts. Uh, again, very reminiscent of uh, Fenway 2004 and the famous comeback that I just talked about from down 3-0 to the Yankees. First time ever in the history of baseball, a team come back from 3-0. And the Phillies crowd, again, was just spectacular as they beat the defending champion, Atlanta Braves. And it was just terrific to see. Great Bryce Harper showed up big time. And uh, just, again, the crowd was just in a constant roar, uh, like only really a Philadelphia crowd can be. <laughs> They're unique, to say the least. I've been to Citizens Ballpark, so that was really cool. And just going quickly back to the Padres, I haven't been to a game there, but I did stay out in that area just a couple of years ago and walked all around Petco Park, smack in the middle of the city, the Gaslight District, for anybody who's familiar with San Diego. So just a terrific-looking venue, and uh, I can only imagine what it must have been like this past weekend, to put it mildly. So, yeah, so... Uh, and tonight we have a game five, uh, nothing like at the Yankees impressively, uh, you know, one game four last night where the, uh, Indians or excuse me, Indians, guardians, <laughs> Cleveland guardians, um, could have ended the series, but the Yankees won on the road in Cleveland to send it back to the Bronx tonight, seven o'clock should be just again, great theater. Uh, nothing like a deciding game, and really just nothing like the baseball playoffs. Uh, it, it, as we saw all weekend, it just presents moments where that, in my mind, may be the best in all of sports, where you just get these uh, situations where you're you're literally squirming in your chair as to what may or may not happen, uh, and it's just terrific to watch. So very enjoyable. And uh, speaking, by the way, of record long games, as I did earlier, my low light of the week is the Cinderella Seattle Mariners losing in 18 innings, repeat 18 innings to the Houston Astros on Saturday afternoon, evening and night. The game was about six hours. I believe it was longer than the game I attended which in game five ALCS 2004, which was at the time, the longest game in the history of baseball. I think it has been broken since then and was certainly broken, if not shattered, on Saturday's 18-inning game, to put it mildly. Anyway, the Mariners were really one of the the bright lights of the season. They've been out of the playoffs for so long. Maybe I think I may have seen something that was like the longest drought and uh, I'm not getting to a postseason and uh, maybe – baseball history, or if not sports history. Uh, anyway, it's been a while. We can all agree on that. And unfortunately, the fairy tale season did come to an end uh, as they lost to the Astros. one nothing on an 18th, top of the 18th inning home run. And uh, But a lot to look forward to, but it was just sad to see their story end because it's been quite a story. They were pretty much unbeatable throughout September and just amazing comebacks. Uh, 
uh, to win games that looked lost late in games. And it was just a really, really fun, fun story. Well, my bizarre story of the week is the New York Jets dominating, repeat, dominating the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau in the second worst home loss in Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, I had family members at the game and uh, in Lambeau. They were sending me some great pictures, and it was just uh, so I, I re- the game really had my attention because of that. And, oh, boy, it was just uh, kind of incredible to see. It's time to take the Jets seriously. You know, they've won three in a row. Uh, I think it's been a while, kindly, um, since the Jets have won three in a row. And and they just looked unbelievable doing it. Uh, again, they dominated yesterday. And, uh, again, you, you now have to take them seriously. Of course, they... Came back to win that game in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago and get it going. And uh, and they play physical on both sides of the ball, and it looks like they've turned the corner. We shall see. Uh, as a New England Patriots season ticket holder, suddenly the Jets-Patriots games, which are often great but sometimes one-sided during the dynasty, um, now they take on really added meaning because <laughs> there is – those two teams really don't like each other. We all know the history of Bill Belichick taking and resigning from the Jets head coach position, uh, written on a cocktail napkin, and uh, and you can take it from there. They don't like each other, and that that is shaping up to be uh, two home games to really, really look forward to, home and home. Um, <clears throat> and speaking of New York teams, the Giants, 5-1. and one coming back to beat the Ravens, and, you know, it's just uh, incredible. Brian Dable, who used to be a Patriots assistant, is doing a great job as head coach. They, of course, beat the Packers a week ago in London, and they're just on a roll, and I, in particular, am thrilled to see Saquon Barkley seemingly fully recovered from his injury and back to being Saquon Barkley. He's from the Allentown, Pennsylvania area. I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, to be specific, a section of town called Whitehall. And it's just really great to see uh, him returning to form. Um, I referenced the Patriots and the Patriots and Bailey Zappi, the uh, erstwhile third-string quarterback of just a couple weeks ago, uh, came up big yesterday with 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, huge quarterback rating, and uh, they just dominated the Browns out in Cleveland. Uh, I don't know that anyone really saw that coming. Uh, And it was as much uh, about how the Patriots are ascending as I believe it is about the Browns apparently descending. Um, And, uh, you know, some of the stuff I read today would indicate there's a Bit of a quarterback controversy starting to get underway between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Um, Bailey Zappi's won two in a row in impressive fashion and could be three in a row had they beaten the Packers in Lambeau uh, a couple weeks back. And they almost did. Went to overtime and uh, they couldn't hold on, but they looked great. And that was his first ever start. So anybody in New England knows the story and will always remember the story of uh, Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe. And Bill Belichick choosing Brady over Bledsoe after Bledsoe had been injured and came back later in the year, ready to play, cleared. And we all know the rest of the story. Uh, I lived it. I was right there, season ticket holder and with the Patriots. And Belichick made the famous call to stick with Brady. So don't underestimate Bill Belichick on making what he believes is the right call, no matter what anyone thinks about it. So Bailey Zappi. Wouldn't be shocking if he continues on. Uh, but Mac Jones is seemingly ready to return. It was talk he was going to return on Sunday. So it's uh, it's great stuff, uh, to say the least. And the NFL delivers like no other. Uh, Buffalo Bills, big win over Kansas City. Philadelphia Eagles, 6-0. and 
looking good. Uh, the Bills, of course, beat Kansas City in the rematch of last year's epic playoff game. And Steelers may have saved their season by beating the Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks, 20-18. Mitchell Trubisky uh, coming on to fill in for the injured Kenny Pickett, rookie quarterback who had a, apparently a concussion or symptoms. And, uh, again, they may have saved their season. They were 1-4 and four and not looking good, but they managed to pull it out. And good, just move into the world of golf real quickly. Keegan Bradley, who is from uh, the Boston suburbs where uh, I lived, uh, won a tournament. I believe it's his first win in four years. Congratulations to him. His high school played my high school. We were in the same league. Uh, so been familiar with the Keegan Bradley uh, story for a long, long time, and it's been great to watch and nice to see him pull out a victory. And Brooks Kepka, who's uh, hasn't won in a while, won on the Live Tour yesterday. So just a great weekend all around for sports. So now let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And we will get in, of course, get into the Alabama-Tennessee game, which may have been one of the greatest college football games ever played, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, doing great, John. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us as always. And I closed the previous segment by stating that we were going to discuss the Alabama-Tennessee game and my belief that it's one of the 
greatest college football games ever played. Uh, when you factor in that Tennessee hadn't beaten Alabama in 15 years, had never beaten Nick Saban, and it was in Knoxville, and the crowd was <laughs> as good a crowd as you would ever see at, in any sport, let alone college football, uh, Neyland Stadium legendary. And, you know, you factor it all in, especially with that wild ending in the last minute. It was somewhat reminiscent of last year's... Uh, you know, epic playoff game between the Chiefs and the Bills where we Patrick Mahomes famously, you know, uh, got the ball with 13 seconds and moved him into, I think it was two passes, if I'm not mistaken, two plays, moved him into field goal range where they won the game. Right. It was very, very similar. similar. Sure was, John. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you think about it, I don't know. It was a little more than 13 seconds, but it was under a minute, I believe, when they got the ball back, right? Yeah, it was not very much time. I, I, I have to right. check exactly, but it was very similar, though. Very similar. Very similar. Um, so, AP, I mean, what are your observations? Do you agree it was, you know, maybe one of the greatest college football games ever played? I think this one's going to, you know, have some legs uh, for a long, long time. Yeah, John, there wasn't much defense, I can tell you that, but there was enough by Tennessee to start the game where they got uh, Alabama to punt the football. I think Alabama punted twice, I think, in the ball game. But but there was enough defense from Tennessee. They had eight or nine pressures. Alabama had zero pressure. They had one sack, I believe. But they they, uh, helped themselves with more possessions so that offense can score points and put them in a position to jump on Tennessee 28-10 to 10 before they knew what hit them. Exactly right. And they needed very good observation, AP, and they needed every single one of those points. And, uh, you know, when they kept showing the crowd shots, which were nonstop, which were great, great crowd shots, um, as the game wound along and Alabama kept hanging in there, hanging in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're right there to catch up, to tie, to take the lead. And you could just see on the looks of all the volunteer faces, uh, the fans of like, Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) As we have seen so often over the years by Alabama opponents, you know, uh, fans, uh, like here we go again. And, Yet it didn't turn out that way in the end, but it sure looked that way for a lot of the fourth quarter, especially when they finally, you know, got the lead. But Tennessee responded, and then it was, of course, Alabama setting up for a game-winning field goal. We know how that turned out, and then we know the and then the now famous ending that we that we're all familiar right, with. Right. Won't, won't soon forget. No, no, won't forget that ending, John. And, and John, let's not forget that Tennessee's kicker missed a crucial extra point, put his team in a predicament where they had to make a two-point conversion to tie the ball game up and get the scoring evened out. And then he makes that 40-yard kick, and he's a transfer from USC, right? I believe so, yes, AP. And, uh, you know, and to top it all off, of course, it was a knuckleball. So the minute it came off his foot, the very second, you were like, "Uh uh-oh. Um, but you know, it it had enough, it had more than enough distance and, uh, enough height to get over the crossbar. Um, but you know, Chase McGrath, he, you know, it's like, I already know the name and I won't soon forget it. And I, I, it'll never be forgotten in the state of Tennessee. That's for sure. No, no, we won't forget him forever. And of course, Drew McCoy was another USC transfer. I think he assisted with convincing Boo to transfer to Tennessee. Really? And, of course, Brew is the receiver who caught the forever famous 27 or so yard completion on what was the last play before the kick uh, to win the game, Chase McGrath's kick. So, you know, Tennessee was up against it. You know, they needed at least 15 yards, maybe more to get in field goal range and, you know, that was as big time a play as one the as was the one that immediately preceded it. You, you know, uh, Tennessee needed two completions, totaling something that sounds like 40, 50, 
40 to 50 yards to get in field goal range, and they did it. But when they completed the first one, AP, I said, wow, like, can they do, can they, can he do it again? Because they needed some yardage, you know, it couldn't right. be any it, short yeah. out-of-bounds play. And it, no, and it was not an easy uh, reception between two not Alabama defenders. It was, a, it was like a jump ball, essentially a jump ball, and Bruce, a big, strong receiver, about 6'2", 6'3", over 200 pounds, of course. And he made that catch and came down with, had it in two hands and strong and, they had the two seconds left, and they had the yep. timeouts. That was critical, right? The ball oh my gosh, was yes. going to stop with the – you know, the only thing I could say is, let's put it this way, if they didn't have the timeout, they did have the possibility of lining up because the, the, the clock was going to stop on the first down. So that exactly would have been right. tricky. That would have been tricky, John, right? Imagine if that happened in a, in a oh. little kind of clock malfunctions and – Officials involved, and that sure, would have been, been wild. But they had the timeout, so everything yep. worked in their favor. Yep, and I learned something new where they said, you know, once the clock stops, if you have a timeout, you automatically will get it if you call it, which I didn't really know. Um, you, you know, yeah. there because it, it, it had the feel for a brief couple seconds, uh, no pun intended, but uh, the feel of like a potential massive controversy but the timeout kind of took oh, it away yeah. but even with the timeout yeah. it was like hmm what's yeah. going on here a little bit like you had to right. you know you had to stop and wonder for just a moment um but ap it sounds like you're familiar uh, as you mentioned uh, to me in the break that you're familiar with the uh receiver who now will be the second or third most famous man in tennessee uh behind uh of course, maybe the kicker, along with, I should say, the kicker and, of course, the fabulous quarterback. Quarterback and high wide receiver as well. The other receiver with five records, five touchdowns. Yeah, Brew McCoy, John, I had the uh, good fortune of meeting Brew when he was 14 years old. He was a freshman at Modern Day High School. And wow. I was there to, uh, to interview uh, among, he was one of the players, but Tommy Brown, He's an offensive lineman who had connections. His dad had connections with a shot putter at Alabama. He ended up playing at Alabama. Now Tommy's at Colorado playing for the, the Buffaloes. But the coach mentioned to me, he said, you ought to interview those two freshmen. And I, out of curiosity, I just said, see, that's unusual. Why should I interview those two freshmen, coach? He said, well, they both started for me. Wow. I said, oh, that's quite interesting at modern day. J.T. Daniels was the other freshman he, he directed oh me to that day. <laughs> Oh my, that's that's pretty incredible. And uh, Modern Day is one of the best high school programs in America. Period. Yeah, out uh, in California. Yeah. So when you say yeah, two freshmen level. started, you're talking to very talented players. If you start as a freshman for Modern Day, no doubt about that. Yeah, or or, or J, JT started. I'm not sure if Brew did, but he probably did. But anyway, he he just made me aware of those two talented players. I mean, and I'm glad he did because I got a chance to speak to both of them. So you must have just been thrilled to see Brew McCoy make one of the biggest catches of the year, if not, certainly in Tennessee football history, no doubt about that. Uh, maybe oh, yeah. even creeping yeah, into he, college football yeah. history. Oh, yeah. He, he, you know, Bruce had a couple hundred-yard games already for the Volunteers. Wow. So he's been he's been playing quite well, and then Hyatt had the five touchdown receptions. I think they just targeted him six times, and he caught five touchdown catches. That's a pretty solid day. And uh, you know Tennessee did not have considered their number one receiver Cedric Tillman. Okay. So that was quite impressive to put 52 in Alabama. Of course, that's the first time in 115 years that somebody scored 50 points against Alabama. The last time another school. From ten, Tennessee, the big powerhouse in 1907, Sewanee. Sewanee, I saw that, 1907. That, that, of all the incredible stats, and they were many when you have 50-plus uh, points scored by one of the teams, uh, that's really saying something, uh, you know, that yeah, 150 yeah, yeah, years, John, that's all, 1907. Yeah, that's always... 
Yeah, that's always been a number, John, that I knew that no one's ever scored 50 points against Alabama in quite some time. I know that uh, Tennessee, I think, was 56 in an overtime game, maybe around 2005, 2006, something like that. But I knew that no one in regulation had scored 50 against Alabama. There's been a 49. Matter of fact, I remember one of the 49s was a Liberty Bowl game against Colorado, 49-33, I believe. Oh, okay. And the final in this game, by the way, for was Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. So uh, one point away from both teams scoring 50. Uh, yeah. So just, just an epic offensive show, just up and down the field, highest of high drama. All the elements were there for you know, a historic game that will be long remembered, to put it mildly. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, because the way that Tennessee won in such a dramatic fashion, and it had been 15 years, they've never beaten Nick Saban yep. at Alabama. So, and you have a potential Heisman winner. I, I would venture to uh, project uh, Hendon Hooker at this sure, point. Sure, quarterback of Tennessee, one of the leaders, and then yes. he's playing against the, the former Heisman winner Bryce Young, who had an yep. exceptional day as well. I mean, uh, those two quarterbacks, I don't know if they can play any better. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. No, it was just really just, uh, again, all the elements were there, and the game delivered with all those elements surrounding it. And uh, AP, great segment talking with you about such a uh, fascinating game, to put it mildly. But why don't we take our first break together? And uh, still a lot more to get to on the other side, so don't go anywhere. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. From stocking your freezer with tasty catfish to becoming a master wild game butcher to the latest outdoor innovations and off-road adventures, this week the revolution with Jim and Trav is all about the ultimate escape. Joining the boys is the gritty Catman Cat Daddy, plus Brian Tucker with High Mountain Seasonings, Mrs. Bunny and Scott Newby with Yamaha. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, 
A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And A.P., last segment, we spent the entire segment, deservedly so, discussing the epic Alabama-Tennessee game. But there was lots of other games this weekend. Uh, I happened to tune in late in the day after watching uh, a whole lot of college football, followed by a fair amount of baseball. And I tried to unwind by watching, uh, you know, the Utah-USC game, which went late uh, from out west. And AP, that was a spectacular ending with, uh, you know, Utah hanging on to upset uh, and beat undefeated USC. So, uh, yeah, college football season's getting good, as, as happens every year, AP, the, the, you know. We get into October, and some of the unbeatens start to get knocked off. And USC was really on a roll under new coach Lincoln Riley. Uh, but Utah's a very, very quality team who, you know, it may be kind of an upset, but not really, if you know what I'm saying. And it was in Utah, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I, I think they were the favorite to win the conference, Sean. Actually. They were. Before the season Utah. started. And so, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I believe. I believe so, they lost to Florida here in Gainesville to start the season, yes. which was an upset. Did it. That, that was a huge upset right there yeah, for Billy Napier's first game ever to Florida. And then exactly they lost by right. 10 points to UCLA. UCLA still undefeated. They have a big game against Oregon this weekend up in, uh, uh, up in that state. So, um, yeah, that was, that was that was something else. But but anyway, you, Utah. I mean, I guess the tight end caught fifteen passes. Is that right, John? The tight end. Oh yeah, yeah. He was utterly dominant. Um, yes, he he reminded me of that tight end from Georgia, who's like basically unstoppable. Rock Bowers. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like the college version of Gronk. <laughs> and uh, and by that I do mean unstoppable. And uh, yeah, yeah. It was really. Cool. And at the end, I mean, let, let, let's not forget and state the obvious. They pulled within one point late, and they went for two to win the game at home, which you just love. You know, there's a saying in football, you know, if you're at home, kick the extra point to tie it. If you're on the road, um, you know, go for two, um, if I had that correct. And anyway, they went for two, and... Uh, they got it, and both plays were runs by the quarterback, who is a great quarterback based on what I saw <laughs> in that game. And, yeah, he's uh, very good. That, 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 tight, that tight end's name is Dalton Kincaid, John, and he's from Las right. Vegas, 6'4", 240. Yeah. Pretty, as a matter of fact, I think he either transfer, played at San Diego. Really? San, San Diego State? Diego. Um, well, it says San Diego. Doesn't say San Diego. State. Yeah, you never know. You can't assume. Yeah. A lot of colleges out there. Oh. You can't assume anything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So again, just really a great game, a great way to end the evening. Except for me, it didn't end the evening, AP, because I tuned into the late Dodgers, <laughs> mm-hmm. late Dodgers. San Diego Padres game, which I started the show with, actually. It was the highlight of the week for me. Um, so, yeah. So, here we are in October, and when I say Saturday, I think was one of the great sports days in recent memory, period. Uh, Tennessee, Alabama, San Diego, L.A., Padres slay the dragon. And uh, USC mixed that in there. It wasn't all good for me, AP, because we'll get to another game I went to a Penn State watch party here in Florida for the Michigan-Penn State game, which was close at halftime, and apparently there was a little dust-up in the tunnel at halftime. And uh, Michigan uh, must have responded to that because, AP, they utterly blew them out in the second half. There's no other way to say it. So as a Penn State fan who grew up near there, near State College, it was disappointing. Uh but hats off to Michigan. They they really come out with an incredible ground game. I think they had over like 450 yards on the ground. AP never thought I'd see that. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was outrageous. That's not supposed to happen to Penn State. No way. 200 is a good game, John. 200 is a good day rushing in this 
era of football. Right. But 400, I mean, they're going to have to look at that film. Yeah, yeah, the final score was 41 to 17. It was close at halftime, but, you know, Michigan dominated the first half, but Penn State got two touchdowns with it about a, a minute and a half. One was one of the great fakes you ever see by Sean Clifford, who suddenly yeah. he faked everybody out, including viewers, including the cameraman. Yeah. Next thing you know, he is running free down the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah, yes, he was. You're right. You're correct about right. that. Yeah. And a minute or so later, there's like a, you know, a double, triple bobble uh, on a Michigan pass. It's an interception, pick six. And so Penn State still in the game based on two games in a half where they had already been dominated. Um, and uh, Michigan left nothing to question with their performance in the second half. Uh, uh, you know, and I've seen a couple stats, like something along the lines that James Franklin hasn't beat a top five or ten team, top five, top ten team on the road ever. Um a disconcerting statistic, put it that way, that I'm sure is getting noticed in state college. But, ten, but James Franklin is just signed to a ten-year contract, is. I believe. And uh, I'm not. It is, John. Yeah. I'm not being critical of James Franklin. I'm simply stating facts. Um, that I'm sure everybody thinks it's about time to see a road win against the top five or top ten team. But anyway, a topic for another day. AP, uh, Michigan again. Congratulations to them because they really, really, I, I didn't realize, I knew they had a very good running back. I didn't realize their running game was that uh, impressive. No way, no way. Yeah, no right. way. And they got a good quarterback too, J.J. McCarthy, but yeah, I didn't, they had no idea about the running game. Yeah, they do. Uh, that quarterback is, you, you know, let's just say he and the coaches are smart enough to know that, you know, no reason to pass the ball when you're doing that. Uh, when you're running like that, right. and, and they didn't, you know, no reason to get cute, <laughs> you know, get no, carried away, no. stick with what's working, and no. boy, was it working. Um, and yeah, but it was easy to kind of forget about it once I, you know, started watching the Tennessee Alabama game, and I quickly forgot about what went on at the big house, uh, to say the least. Um, but AP, uh, why don't we take our second and final break? Uh, still a few more things to get to on the other side, so don't go anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your health care needs and reputable health care experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football, or excuse me, Alabama, as well as the entire SEC uh, and many other sports as well. Well, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Yankees, Cleveland Guardians, Game 5, winner take all. And A.P., there's just nothing like an elimination game in any sport to get the juices flowing and the Yankees held, you know, had a big victory last night in Cleveland to get it back to the Bronx. So should be fun to say the least, especially when you factor in the Yankees lore as it were. Oh yeah. They've always, I mean, that's always been uh, a good series through history, Cleveland and the Yankees. It has been. Yes. It's (laughs) does not ever forget the days of, you know, Manny Ramirez and Jim Tomey wasn't all that long ago. And, uh, yeah, they have quite a history to say the least. And, uh, it's going to be fun again, you know, nothing like an elimination game in any sport. And, uh, and, uh, I, I look for a great game and then you throw in the Aaron judge factor, uh, you know, just a monstrous season, as we all know, 62 home runs and, he, he's must-see TV, especially, especially tonight in an elimination game. I mean, we're all – he's a very likable guy, by the way, I think. and So I just can't wait yeah, to I see him. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's not he's, to like? He's huge, John. I know. He's like 6'9". Six, 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 I, I thought it was like 6'7", 280 or something, but, you know, Is, what's an inch or two? What's an inch or two when you're over six five, right? Yeah, he's a big guy. And yeah. you're right about he's in that, you know, two eighty range. Uh, just a big, big guy. And I think all of America was rooting for him to get sixty two. Even the Roger Maris family, for gosh sake. So uh, again, he's that likable of a guy. If uh, anybody was ever going to break that American League record, uh, I, I think. Everybody's pretty happy it turned out to be him. Um, yeah. he, handled it, he handled it all beautifully where he, like, whatever, went like 15 games late in the season without a home run, and the pressure was building, building, building to tie and right. to win. Yeah. And he handled it, yeah. I just thought, perfectly. And, oh, by the way, he, he was off to a rough start here in his playoffs, and uh, but he delivered over the weekend with a home run, so – Let's just say he might be back on track, and we, we I think we all expect him to play a role, if not a big role tonight, to say the least. Right, right. John, that, isn't that odd that the American League, that record was still the 61, and the other league is over 70? Exactly right, AP. All those, all those, I mean, I don't know if they still include all those records over there or not. Well, you're but, absolutely uh, right, AP. I, I, I didn't know it. I don't think anybody knew it, that, like, the 61 61- by Roger Maris in 1961 had uh, stood the test of time and was still the record because, you know, Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, I believe all went over 70. They certainly all went over 62 on more than one right. occasion for, for that matter. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of people like us were very surprised as that, you know, as that surfaced, that 61 was still the record as it became a talking point. And I was like, oh, wow, you're kidding me. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it was held by Roger Maris of the Yankees and Babe Ruth, obviously, of the Yankees uh, before, before then. So, it all th- so the Yankees have the three top American League home run hitters in history. Uh, I guess there's a reason they're called the Bronx Bombers, right, AP? 
<laughs> appropriately, yes. Appropriately. That's the moniker, yeah. And AP, uh, we're down to our last couple minutes here, a minute or two, but I do want to give a shout-out to Syracuse. Uh, they are 6-0. and yeah. They beat North Carolina State uh, on Saturday. And again, they're 6-0. and They're undefeated, and they're a, just a, a, a glorious football history. To put it mildly, I start with Ernie Davis and go from there, Floyd Little. And as I mentioned to you during the break, the first college football game I ever saw in my life was Syracuse at Penn State way back in the day. And so I've always, you know, liked Syracuse, and it's nice to see them back on the national stage again. Yeah, it's great to see uh, those teams winning Syracuse, and there's some other surprise teams around the country. Yep. And I think it's good for the game to spread that wealth of talent, Mm -hmm. the competitiveness, and it just adds to the rich tradition and the depth of the game itself. It really does. It really does. Um, Yeah, they're just, uh, you know, a team I've always liked, and when I, you know, we're... They were kind of running back you back in the day. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention uh, a name some of you may recall called uh, Jim Brown. <laughs> um, so Jim, Jim, Jim Brown to Ernie Davis, who uh, sadly, sadly died soon after his Syracuse career ended. Famous story. And, of course, then Floyd Little and Donovan McNabb, uh, quarterback, of course. So, yeah, great history. Yeah, there he's- Larry Zonka in the in-between oh, there. Oh, Larry, Larry Zonka, yes. There's so many, I just forgot two of the most famous ones ever, Jim Brown and Larry Zonka. It's, it's, gosh it's easy to, to, to remember. It's easy to forget, to forget one of them because it's a long list. That's exactly right. And AP, hi, that's a good high note to end on. Thank you for calling in, as always, and we appreciate your perspective. Hey, thank you, John. It's my pleasure. And thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.